Hey everyone, welcome to the Others Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Penny, back after quite a long hiatus of pretty much the whole summer. But when I come back, I come back with a bang and a very special guest this week. A lot of people out there have been asking to get this guy on the podcast for quite some time. So those people can stop asking because he is here at last. He is a Philly native, a skateboarder, a super dad, a Beanie Seagull aficionado, a clothing and footwear designer, a part-time model. He's everything, all of the above and much more. Uh, Jimmy Gorecki, how are you doing, man? I'm good. Thank you so much. That was a very kind introduction. I appreciate it. Everyone I speak to that knows you only has great words to say about you. Oh, that's awesome. That's a that's always a pleasant thing to hear. Yeah, and we over the kind of last couple of years, we've had a lot of people... Um, mention about trying to get you on the podcast to come on and chat about uh the ice cream skate team and stuff like that so mm-hmm. we're going to get to all that good stuff uh in a moment so i reckon we jump straight into it and uh let's make this about you i guess um so if we go like right back to the beginning as i just mentioned you're from philadelphia originally yep. yeah so let's just go back to the basics what like got you into skateboarding and how old were you and all that kind of stuff um, I was pretty, man, I, I, my, my earliest recollection of like being interested in skating was probably, man, five or six years old. I was, I was a kid, you know, and I, um, you know, just the movies, um, thrashing, thrasher, uh, gleaming the cube. Um, I don't know it, it, there wasn't a lot in terms of, um, visibility, so you didn't see much, you know what I mean? Like occasionally catch, you could find a magazine or you'd see something on TV, um, or knew a kid that had a skateboard, but, um, but yeah, it was just something that always just, just really excited me and something that, um, you know, I felt, uh, compelled to want to do and, and figure out more about. And, um, you know, it's like any, any other pastime when you're, when you're really young, um, you know, you just, you want to soak up more and more information and knowledge about it. And, um, you know, every last thing that I could, could possibly dig up was like, you know, to me, it was, it was like mind blowing, you know, it was just like peeling the onions off the layer and, and, and each layer is just like a new bit of info. And, um, yeah, just, you know, and that just stayed with me through, you know, through my early teenage years into, to the point where I recognized, um, you know, there was something really special happening in Philadelphia and, um, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, injecting myself into that scene there. So. So when I was a kid, I was never really into, um, skateboarding. I have to say, I have a lot of friends that were into it and, uh, BMXing was a big thing as well when I was kind of growing up just before I kind of hit my teenage years. But as a as a huge football fan or a soccer fan for most of our American listeners, you know, I was out playing football at the weekend for, you know, eight, nine, ten hours every day after mm-hmm. school and stuff like that. So I imagine that's pretty, is that what you were like with skateboarding? Just kind of whenever you could, you were out there doing it? Man. And, and I had a, my mom did keep me involved with like the traditional sports, baseball, football, you know, basketball, um, wrestling, like any, anything she could put me in, um, she, she tried to do, but you know, I always felt, and I, I love those sports. I still love them to this day. Um, but for, you know, skate, skating was the one thing that, um, you know, I always felt 
the most passionate about. And, um, you know, unfortunately, when I was, you know, as I got older and, and got into high school and was still playing other sports, felt the most conflicted about, you know, because it was, uh, you know, it's not like there's no, you don't have traditional practice hours, you know, it wasn't like, especially during that time period, um, you're talking mid to late 90s. Um, it was still a very um, relatively underground thing. You know, I mean, it was still like our, in terms of like the skate community, it was still our thing. So like, the, you know, your general public, your regular friends and family and coaches and teachers, it was still very misunderstood. Um, I still think it's misunderstood, which that's the beauty of it. Um, but yeah, so, you know, back then it was, it was, it was definitely like, um, I was torn between stuff, you know, things that we, you know, every little Johnny you grow up, grow up with is playing and, and like, this other thing that I was, you know, really, you know, really interested in. And at what kind of point did you realize, oh shit, I'm actually, I'm, I'm quite good at this. I'm better than most people and I could, or I want to kind of make a living in some way from it. You know, I, I don't know if I ever had a point where I realized, like, I, I just knew, I think this was probably my senior year of high school um, it was right then and there, I kind of had to have that discussion with my mom where at that point I was like skating, like in this downtown scene, you know, regularly. And, and on top of it, that scene was very, um, you know, at, at the front of the skateboarding media. And, um, I just, you just, you know, everybody that was around it knew there was something very special happening. And, um, you know, I just had to have that conversation with my mom, like, Look, I, you know, I'll I'll keep all my academics on a straight and narrow line, um, but in terms of anything else outside of that, like, I don't really want to do anything but skateboard. Um, you know, I think I had one or two moments, whether it was you know tricks I had been able to film or shoot photos of, or appearances in a magazine or videos that like really, I think those kind of things were so big. Um, you know, because, you know, you grow at this point, you grow reading the magazines and then having the opportunity to actually be in one or be in a video. It was huge, you know, especially when it's a it's an industry that the, the you know, the majority of, of, you know, the mags and, and the gatekeepers are all on the West Coast. So, at, you know, to to be able to take something we were doing, um, you know, on the other side of the country and, and see it show up, you know, in these printed publications and stuff, we you know, we just. I knew it was a, something that I wanted to strive for at that point, and, and you know, I just knew it was that was kind of where where my head was at. So, and you mentioned there, obviously, a lot of it was uh, very West Coast based, and mm -hmm. you you ended up traveling out there a lot, and eventually moving out there. Did you feel that was something you had to do to kind of further this dream or ambition that you had in any way? Well, I I think like any other any other community or, or, um, or industry, you kind of got to rub elbows with the people that are, that are in it. And, um, you know, the, when it would get cold in the winter in Philly, um, I would make it a point to go hang out, you know, uh, over here and, um, you know, to uh, a, to get comfortable and, and, you know, build a rapport with the, the people I was skating for and, um, you know, and to just kind of, you know, get out of my regular, um, everyday hustle and bustle on the East coast. And, um, and yeah, just, you know, another thing too, is just like you, when the mags are so conditioned to seeing these same 
you know, these general spots and, you know, let's say Los Angeles during that time period, it's like, it, you know, it's kind of, it, you know, I recognize it was kind of smart to then maybe go shoot some photos out there or film. Um, so you can kind of show, you know, show your community kind of like where you stood in terms of these, um, you know, what was, what was being done at the time. So, um, you know, it was a little bit of, you know, it was a multiple factors that went into it, but, but, you know, I did recognize that it was like something I needed to do. I wish I had a talent whereby I could take the winter off and move to somewhere like LA for a while. Oh man. Get away from these winters. Yeah. It was tough too, because I had to, you know, a lot of, especially during those earlier years, that's when I first started my um, collegiate studies. So I would have to take, um, you know, the process of like, of taking off from school and then having to reapply and then financial aid. And it, it was definitely a process. And, um, you know, I, one thing I had, had always made the promise to my mom was like, regardless of how much time I took off, I was always going to make sure I would complete my studies. Um, so, you know, it took me like six years to graduate, but, but I was able to do so, but it was definitely, definitely a process. And, um, you know, I would come stay for, I was like, I had friends that would let me stay on their couch for like months at a time. And, um, you know, like, especially now when I'm older, I'm like, recognize like how, how jacked it was to be up in somebody's space for that long. Um, and, uh, you know, and then at just a certain time, just getting homesick and shit, but, uh, it was that, you know, they were worth the, the sacrifices and, um, yeah, I've definitely made it a point to go back, especially as I got older to, to go back and thank a lot of those people for allowing me to, um, yeah, to just lay on their couch for, for so long. So, <laughs> And during that period, like your your mom was cool with you doing that. She was kind of supportive of the whole ambition yeah. of you know spending time out there and furthering things. I think she could see that. You know, I think she understood that that was you know that was where my head was at. And um, you know, I also think she thought she saw that I wasn't just like like fucking off or just like I wasn't just saying it to say it. You know what I mean? Like there, you know, um, whether it was um, magazines or. Um, you know, I had like a good older guys in my circle from around my way. And, um, you know, there were, there were easy things for her to check in on to see that it wasn't just like me just being a shithead kid, just going to go float around Los Angeles, you know? Um, so, you know, yeah, she, you know, as long as I, you know, as long as I stayed, she saw the passion was there and I wasn't being a shithead, you know, she was, she was super supportive. No social media back then where she could check in on you and, uh, see what nah, shenanigans you were up to uh, luckily nah yeah i think maybe this got to like the point of like early myspace but like you know you know I, like and my mom just got like a facebook within the past like year or so so she definitely wasn't uh yeah definitely wasn't checking in like that but now she knows everything now she's like because uh you know like instagram will send your stories through to your facebook so she knows yeah, literally right. everything and she's like damn there's she She'll call me and ask me about things I I couldn't believe she was um she was you know aware of so it's pretty cool. I know that well, you know, being you know over a thousand miles away from home myself, you know, you forget these things you post resonate and get out to a lot of people dotted around the world wherever they may be. Yeah. I know my family yeah. are, are lurking on my pages. They may not follow me on certain places, but I know they uh -huh. they, they see certain things. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the the gift the gift and the curse of social social media exactly so if we skip forward um a little bit from there and let's move on to kind of around the time um the ice cream skate team 
starts to kind of come mm-hmm. together. Yep. So you you kind of got into that through you knew uh, uh, Nino who was he yeah, was at, yep. he was at Zoo York wasn't he at the time? Zeno Nino was at Zoo York. Yeah, Nino. I think uh, I believe he went from Alien Workshop, which and and Habitat and DNA, which was that that was you know that was the company to be part of you know during my generation and and they were all, all so involved in Philly. So Nino knew all the riders there. Um, and he was a TM and brand manager. And then, um, yeah, then he had went to New York and I, if I, I'm not mistaken, that's where him and Pharrell had met. Um, you know, I think Pharrell had done a series of ads for zoo and, um, and yeah, he just started building out the, I think they had started building out the idea of the skate program from there. And, um, yeah, it was just, you know, when I, it's crazy when I look back on how many, you know, because the company had so many different um, moving parts, you know, not just like we're just going to put every element of this company under one roof. It was, you know, licensing deal through Reebok, um, you know, but, you know, it was ran through Star Trek. Our paychecks came from Star Trek. Um, you know, everything was was kind of outsourced, um, you know, and, and meanwhile, Nino was in L.A., you know, I remember even like when we were putting together, he was putting together our contracts, you know, that was like a, a hurry up and wait thing over the course of God, I forget however many months it was, you know, we had like a, we had like a um, conference call with Rob Walker, who was Pharrell's manager at the time. And, um, you know, then it was just like, man, one of these contracts going to come, you know, because we were all kind of like, you know, I think all of us, you know, were for the most part in between, um, sponsors or deals or whatever and um so yeah just kind of we're a waiting for that contract to come so we could all get paid and you know eventually it did come but even during that time period like waiting they were in between i think the 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 discontinuing of the boutiques to the board flips being introduced so we were just kind of salvaging you know i think they had a gang of of the boutiques at the star trek office and they would kind of send us a small allotment as they came um and you know we're just we were skaters so we're just burning through them um you know but yeah there's just when i think back there were there were so many moving parts that were very um you know it was pretty impressive that nino was able to navigate and put together there was a lot of things nino did for the whole program that were were you know especially when i look back now as as a someone who runs a company and a brand like just how unique of uh, and skilled that was that he was able to to pull a lot of these things off so yeah and when he approached you about the the idea of it did you did they have the other guys involved already did you know those guys from from the scene as it were at, at that time yeah um you know i knew terry me and terry had gone back for for some time um you know at that point i had been you know sponsored within the industry for probably four or five years same you know terry too kevin would uh, kevin had come up to philly occasionally um i didn't know Cato and i didn't know jacob um but jacob was you know terry was putting him through the baker system um so it was yeah we all you know we we all kind of um you know we all kind of hit it off relatively cool i just think everyone was just so excited to be part of it too um that you weren't going to act like you were, you know, a band of brothers out the gate. So, and when all that kind of k- 
came together. Part of it that intrigues me, because I remember back back then, I think I'm probably a couple of years older than you, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time, you know, I was one of those big Neptunes fans, big BBC fans on the kind of different forums and traveling up to London for the latest BBC drops and stuff like that. Yeah. But there was a lot of talk on the forums about... Um, I think yeah, a lot of fans knew Pharrell was was a skateboard fan. Yeah, he can skate himself mm-hmm. a bit, but there was there was a kind of certain amount of I don't know if backlash is the right word, but a kind of looking down at at the whole kind of thing in terms of okay, he's a successful musician. He's kind of cashing mm-hmm. in on this this kind of culture that maybe he, do, he doesn't know a lot about. Yep. Did you kind of get that from people? Was there any kind of yeah, were there any oh, kind of side, yeah. side eyes in the skateboarding community as well? Yeah, 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 with, with that one, 150% for sure, yeah. Um, you know, I think there there's a handful of things. A, a like I said, man, at that point, skating was still pretty um, low-key and, and underground. It was still very much like this. it was the skaters' community, you know what I mean? Like, there wasn't very many outside um, players involved at that point, so... Um, you know, and I think the, it was, it was such a big thing. The fashion, the fashion side of it was, was very unique, very unlike, um, you know, a lot of like, you know, skate was more skate fashion as, you know, like as jiggy as it was, it was still very separate from what, um, was being ushered in with, with Bape and, and BBC and ice cream. Um, yeah, the name, you know, the name was, was, was pretty unique ice cream you know what i mean so there was there was a lot of there was definitely a lot of things that um you know i understood where the criticism was coming from and um you know f- you know for me personally it was like i, I all all i could really do and and be passionate not passionate but be focused on was bringing what i knew from this this core skate community and bringing you know my upbringing to it and um you know, if, if some people fucked with it, cool. If they didn't fuck with it, then, it, you know, it kind of was what it was. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm being that I'm from that community. There were times when the criticism was was super hard to take. Um, but did it outweigh all the, the amazing upsides of it? Not even a, ch- a chance, you know what I mean? Like, not even a little bit. So it was easy to kind of... You know, for as bummed as you get for like a second, you know, it, there, the upside of it was so rad that it wasn't, you know, was never anything to like keep you, you know, keep your head down for more than like 15 seconds. Definitely. And then as soon as you guys then got together and the whole the whole thing took off, you know, you guys were very much involved in the branding and the marketing mm-hmm. of yeah. not just, you know, the, the footwear, but you know, the whole kind of clothing line to a certain extent, and yeah. not just the ice cream. It, all, it also transitioned yeah. over to the BBC stuff with a lot of the, you know, the look books that you guys turned up in. And um, yeah, I remember back, back in the day, we would get no information on what the, you know, the latest drops were going to be because we didn't really yeah. have the internet as we have it now, but yeah. we would see you guys at promotional events in I don't know, like a new striped polo or a new uh-huh. pair of je- running dog jeans or something. And then we'd be like, oh shit, that's the next drop. And we were all, you know, looking towards you guys for what the kind of cues were in terms of what was coming out next. Yeah. Were you guys kind of aware of that? 
um, man, sort you know, of scrutiny you were getting from from all the kind of fans and stuff as well? What? Um, not necessarily. I don't think. I mean, cause, uh, at least on the, the the consumer side of it, I didn't. That wasn't really what struck a chord. Um, I think what what really stood out for us internally was just like, um, I think you, you and you had just kind of touched on it without saying it was just how consumed, you know, I what what it felt like to me at least within like the within Star Trek and within you know all things, kind of you know Pharrell at that time like, you know we were the main focus for a long time it seemed like and I could, there were times where maybe we were around artists that you know we're on the music side that um was kind of like give you know kind of give us that kind of like 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 just stank eye like uh these guys you know what i mean like i was gonna say that star trek was it was a weird and wonderful place i get the feeling so many yeah, yeah. so many great yeah. artists with so much potential and some have gone on to great things most haven't and probably could have but then at the same time, yeah, you've got this kind of skate team which are, are taking a lot of attention and a lot of attention. appearing yeah, and at you know award shows as well in music videos and and I always looked at it like um, you know like I I I I genuinely loved you know so many of the the acts that they had on board there so for me it was just I was just honored to even be mentioned with them you know what I mean so so anytime we might have like felt something it did it did kind of bum me out because i was like yo and one thing for sure is like music is what makes this whole thing go around so like i can never i don't you know i don't really ever want to impede on it i don't ever want to perpetrate on that world because i'm just here to, to to you know to promote skateboarding so um but yeah there were definitely times like particular artists like men you know like verbatim like yo you you guys definitely soak up attention that like I would have liked for, you know, my project or whatever, you know, not even naming any names. <laughs> for sure it was said, yeah, so. I'm sure we can all imagine what some of those names were, but yeah, obviously once the brand and everything takes off and the skate team takes off, do you guys have any um, input as to kind of what it is you're actually wearing in nah. terms of the wardrobe or is it literally, here's a box of our new things, wear them as you like or... Here there, the thing, the thing going into it, um, you know, that things were, you know, with Nino coming from skate and, and Terry and myself and the guys all, all, you know, being like core skaters when, when we got into it, you know, what initially what was kind of pitched to us was, you know, Nino had it framed as a very traditional skate brand, the way things would look, the ads, the videos, um, I think the biggest thing was just kind of us all understanding the kind of the audibles to to how things would be laid out and presented once we were we were in it, it was just because it, it was it was it very much was way bigger than like a skate project you know what I mean and like you said like um you know like appearances on on at like award shows and you know we were just I think we were doing stuff that like you know, it was just outside of the box of like, you know, you're a traditional skate brand and how a traditional skate brand is, um, is presented. So, and, um, yeah, I think we all did the best of our nature, you know, the best of our ability to, to live within that. And, um, you know, there were definitely like, you know, don't get me wrong. There were some, there were like big looks that were wacky looks that Nino shut down that like, 
thank God he did. You know what I mean? Because I, you know, I think there were things that pr- people were probably like, a lot of people probably would have said yes to that, that like Nino knew, like, you're, there's just certain things that like you just can't do. And like Nino was smart so that, it, you know, it didn't, it didn't hang us, you know. Having known all of the items that came out of BBC Ice Cream at that time, and some of them were a bit out there and not, mm-hmm. out, not outrageous, but they were certainly very different to everything else that was going on in kind of streetwear at the time. I, I don't imagine what some of these more outlandish things that we never saw were actually like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, the clothing, you know, there, there definitely was stuff where, like, you know, it might have been a, you know, like you said, I mean, a bit out there. I think the biggest thing was just, at least for me personally, just figuring out ways to balance it out. Like, you know, I was always like a dark Japanese salvage person back then. So it was like, it was easy to mix, you know, maybe like a striped top or a printed top with, you know, with some, some dark jeans and, you know, um, like I would find rather than getting like the multicolor the I would find like the black suede one. You know what I mean? Like I definitely knew there was a time and place for like um to be completely like fruit loop colored fits and you know i also think coming being in philly too as much as um as much as it was embraced in the city um you know i just didn't i never wanted to be um just just od with anything but so it was just a just trying to find that balance of it but yeah for sure there were definitely pieces where you like had to be very strategic on how you how you mixed and matched it so i think a lot of those items especially the early ones you had a had to have a certain amount of uh confidence to pull some of them off as well yeah some of them some of them you like i saw i saw somebody with the the original that that first the the really deep train conductor type baseball cap you know what i'm talking about yeah. a really really deep one and there there was no right or wrong way to rock that thing i saw somebody wearing it the other day now and like it, it made me reflect for a second like I tried every which way to like figure out how I could pull that off, and I never could. And if they, if that thing just sat in the bag at the crib, uh, <laughs> you know, it was just uh, yeah, they were very. That was such a unique shape, which is, to this day I don't know where they got that from or how they got it. I think it. I still, I still think it's very cool. It was just like, you know, it took a very, I don't know, particular head shape or type of yeah. type of, of 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 direction to pull it off, but. But yeah, for sure, I know you mean. But and even the kind of less outlandish things, even like the sneakers, you know, the ice creams. Mm-hmm. There was nothing crazy about the silhouette, as it were. You know, like a uh, almost like a Stan Smith silhouette to a certain extent, yep. with a slightly yeah. fatter tongue almost. But the kind of prints were just so different because nobody else was really doing that at the time. That they would just nah. they would just get attention no matter where you were. And I remember, you know. When I used to wear them out on a, a night out or something, people would always be like, what the f- are those? Yeah. And even yeah. the, you know, uh, back then I'd, you know, maybe wear a pink G-Shock and, you know, the OG striped polo shirt, you know, the pink and the lime green one. And no one else was wearing that at the time. It would certainly turn heads, let's say. Yeah. I would, um, you know, it's funny. I, I remember I worked at a store called Ubic when the boutiques had first come out. And I think that's probably when Pharrell was like really stepping out. He's like, so because, yeah, he's in a hip hop community. But at this point, he's stepping out into a look that is like so just outlandish for what, you know, like the rap world knew at that point. And, um, you know, I remember when the shoes, when we got the shoes into Ubic, like, you know, we were all sneakerheads and 
even us were like, yo, what? We don't know what the fuck this is. You know I mean, it was, it was, um, you know, but I think also too, when you're, you know, when people are that far ahead of the curve, you know, it takes time to, um, you know, it, it takes time for, for the, the, the masses to catch up and they sat on the shelves for a while. And then I remember they started selling and it was like, damn, what took, you know, what took so long, um, for these to, to come around to people. But, um, yeah, it was a cool idea, man. It was, you know, I think it was, it was very interesting. It was like, yeah, it was a very basic clean silhouette with these, these print stories that, um, you know, hadn't really had, you know, as far as I can remember, hadn't been done like that. So yeah, and they were interesting. The dollar, dollars and diamond signs, you know, even some of the ones that never came out, whether it was the boom boxes or the, the, the palm trees. Yeah, they were all pretty, pretty unique. So I, I've seen a few interviews. You, you weren't actually a massive fan of the, the latter board flips. Uh, man that came out you you, you weren't I, a fan of skating in those dude i don't i and i still to this day it blew me away that that terry and the rest of the guys were able to skate in it um <laughs> i don't know i don't know what it was man i i think i think in my head i was so um you know i really liked skating in the boutiques and and i think in the back of my mind i had it made up what would what, what was to come was had to be in that vein um so just like when, when they did finally present themselves, it was like so far from where my head was at, and uh, yeah, it was just it was just tough for me. And it wasn't, I don't, it wasn't even a part of the, the shoe necessarily. Like I think just for me personally, I was just like in a very weird space with skating. So I was in between board sponsors. So I was like, um, you know, just I just wasn't. It was at a time period I just like I recognized I wasn't very comfortable on my skateboard, um. So it's just like a- a- anything and everything in regards to skate during that time just was like uh it was 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 took a toll and took a hit. So you kind of felt you needed to be in your your like your comfort zone almost. I just things yeah, you liked just and recognized and you know yeah. But those guys, it, it was you know every day they like we would see new footage or new clips and you know Terry'd be fakie tail sliding something or fakie crooks in or Kato be shredding something. So they they had it. It was more so. When the second one came out, though, I remember being like, I got like, I just got juiced on skating again and was able to to feel my board a lot better. And again, I might have been a different place in my life, you know, a year or so later. And um, it just, I felt comfortable again. I remember we were filming for the second video and I had a lot of footage in the second board flips. Um, You know, just skating just felt good again, so... You know, but skating is all preference like that. You know what I mean? In, in terms of like the type of shoes you like to skate in, um, you know, the the type of boards you like to skate, the shapes, the sizes. And, um, you know, unfortunately, we were, you know, it wasn't like we had a um, like a, a range of silhouettes to choose from. You know, we were just like it was that was the shoe, you know, as the colors would come out, you know, um, that you know that was what you had to pick from and you know honestly just had just had to make the best of it i think i did get some tricks in them that i felt that i was psyched on but yeah i just think for for the for the for the most part of it i was just my mind was made up for one thing and then when it came out to be another thing it was hard for me to to navigate out of that but yeah even as a person that you know, obviously doesn't skateboard here i can see i can get that you know the boutiques they're a, they're a nice leather once you wear them in they're quite mm-hmm. 
soft yeah. and flexible, whereas those board flips, the first, at least the first board flips came out. And yeah. They're big and they're chunky and there's a lot of padding in them. And like you say, some people do prefer that. And I still speak to a lot of people now that um, st- are still trying to buy up those board flip ones because Which, they, yo, they, they like skating in them. I, I tell you what, man, it, it's been pretty, it's been pretty, pretty cool to me to see that, um, that the the energy that's now being put into that shoe and seeing kids dig them up and finding them on eBay. And, and it's really, it's just cool. Cause you know, it's like, despite my shortcomings and being able to skate in it, it's still, um, you know, it's still, uh, an indication and, and, and just a sign of what was going on with such a, a, a cool brand. So, um, you know, here we are over 10 years later and, you know, it'd be interesting to see if Reebok's able to, to dig that molding, the mold and and last back up for that and to put that shoe back out and i can't remember if i mentioned this on the last podcast but i actually had somebody in the summer come to buy some uh what was it Uh, like an ice cream t-shirt or something off of me Mm -hmm. from the the vast collection that i never wear and he saw a pair of ice creams i had the the boutiques i think they were i can't remember which ones they were now uh the beeper ones maybe and yeah he's a i think he's seven 17 year old kid big skateboarder Mm-hmm. He ended up, yeah, buying a big pair of like baggy running dog jeans off of me, which were like over ten years old. Cause he likes to skate in that kind of thing. Yeah, he dug into his pocket. I gave me all his money for the boutiques, basically, and you know, I, I dead stopped them basically. Maybe wore them out once or something in the last fifteen mm-hmm. years. And I was like, yep. oh, so you know, you're gonna dead stock these? You're gonna keep them? You're gonna put them on show? What you're doing? He was just like, now nah, I've heard they're heard they're great to skate in. Here's all my money. I'm going to go skate in them, you know. Uh, it, get out of here. It's amazing to kind of see that, you know, 15 years later, the kids yeah. still hearing about them, still trying to track them down. Yeah, he tracked me down through a pop-up store in the city. He was asking uh-huh. around for ice creams and someone that knows uh, me right. was like, oh, we got a guy in Helsinki who's got a mad collection. Get in touch with him. And he hit me up. And yeah, now he, he's buying them off me and he's off skating around Helsinki in them. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, all of the shoes... Shoes are shoes, man. You know what I mean? Like, it's, um, it's, I mean, it's cool, but I, it's, I think it's way cooler when, when, um, you know, their kids are able, able to utilize them for something. Um, so to, yeah, to hear stuff like that is, is rad, you know, just do get them dirty, beat them up, you know? Yeah. There's part of me that cringes at the thought of it. Then there's part of me that is, that thinks like that. And it's like, yeah, there are a pair of shoes. You need to be wearing them. You need to be. They're a functional item at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, for sure. Not that I'm going to put mine on and skateboard in them or even walk across the road to the store, but, you know. Exactly, yeah. Someone, someone else can do it. It's fine. As you're part of the, the skate team and it starts kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Progressing and uh, you're doing all the marketing, all the um, promotional stuff as part of mm-hmm. the, the kind of team. When that deal with Reebok kind of starts to well one it starts to run out and then it starts to go a bit south shall we say in a polite way were you kind of aware of that happening in the background did that kind of affect any decisions you guys were making as a a team there was um you know there were there were definitely like things I, I I think a too it's like the you know, there were a lot of the design cues, obviously, that were part of it that were that were trends, you know, what I mean, so and things change, trends change. Um, 
you know, and I think the, you know, I, at least I could see that the brand was needing, sorry, there's a train that runs right next door. The brand <laughs> was needing to take, to make some pivots and, um, in the design side. Um, so, you know, I, I obviously saw that, you know, the, you know, and then we had heard like the Reebok deal was, which was a licensing deal. So they make, you know, we give them, you know, not we, but they give them, um, the IP, the design IP, the name, bong, they make the product, they sell it, you know, pay out however. So, um, you know, we had heard that there were negotiating a new deal, you know, in the meantime, I, I do think there were things that we could have done to, um, you know, cause we were basically employees, you know what I mean? So like to make, uh, which I think we, we did a good job, but I, I also think there were certain things that, um, you know, we probably, you know, gave a hard time in places we didn't need to give a hard time or, you know, there were definitely things where we didn't, we didn't give ourselves the best opportunity to win within internally within the company. Um, so, you know, when, when, you know, when shit hit, did hit the fan and, you know, I think Nino had spent some time trying to find help, help find a new footwear partner. And, um, as things progressed and that partnership wasn't popping up, um, you know, at that point, you know, they had to make the decision to, to let us all go. And, um, you know, I think I understood it. Like, what are they, you know, they, they could keep coming out of pocket to pay us, but for what, if they don't have shoes if shoes aren't being sold it's like it's you know it doesn't take a you know it does you don't have to be a you know a business genius to see that this isn't like the in the best interest of of the company so i think one of the other big problems they had as well was obviously with the ice cream side of things that was meant to be the plan was to make that the more athletic casual wear and they obviously had that tentative deal with reebok which wasn't finalized which would say reebok would manufacture the yeah, shirts, yeah. the clothing yep. and everything else, all the apparel around it as well. And obviously that yeah. was tied into that sneaker deal as well. So it wasn't just the fact that the sneaker deal kind of went off, you know, the, the whole thing starts to crumble apart. That's what I mean, where it was like, you know, Bape was making the clothing, um, the New York guys at the showroom were selling it. You know, there was ice cream, it was BBC, which is which, the shoes are over here. Um, you know, so that's what I mean. There was just, there was a lot of moving parts that aren't, um, necessarily, um, you know, they're just, they're, they're, it's very untraditional. It was a very untraditional business model in terms of like the footwear and clothing space. And, um, I do think it was, um, it was impressive that, you know, it was able to work the way it did during that time period. And I also think, um, you know, I think all of that energy, that was created then, you know, was very, you know, very instrumental in, in the foundation of why the brand, um, the brands still exist today. And you still see ice cream being sold and BBC doing being sold and, and be performing well in these stores, whether it's the, the same um, quality or design ideas as as you know that early era um you know it, it's it was all part of why it's it's still around today and um but it's pretty interesting man you know because I mean? these, these clothing companies and shoe companies like you know they all go through waves and spurts and what it you know what they might have one era that means something to to maybe somebody like you and i whereas like a younger kid 
you know, it could have a totally different feeling with him and he or she might, you know, maybe what we grew up on is what influenced them. Maybe not, you know, it's just like, you know, I think it's all interesting in the, the bigger picture of how these, these companies operate and, and are able to exist. Yeah. It's been a, I guess a kind of almost wild ride for, for the ice cream brand itself over the years, you know, as you, yeah, yeah, as we kind of mentioned, yeah, it has its, its peaks and its troughs and, yeah, I think we saw up until what two years ago, it was once they kind of got control of the brand back, they didn't really know what to do with ice cream. And we saw all the stores basically yep. get rid of all their ice cream stock. And there was no new ice cream designs for what, a year and a half, maybe, I, I want to say two years nearly. Yeah, yep. Because, yeah, they did, they, not, to, not to cut you off, Steve, mm. but yeah, they went through the Iconics period. Yep. And, uh, you know, different, different partnerships. But I, I, you know that I I think that that's all. I think it's all relative in terms of um, you know, just how these companies are able to stay stay afloat and um, you know. But I, I like I said, man, I do think if you know, it it could be it could I I'm not I'm just talking out loud. It could have been completely mismanaged or you know whatever. But the fact that we're sitting here on um, you know. November seventh, twenty nineteen, and and they're both being sold on shelves is like pretty, pretty amazing, you know. Yeah, and I, I for one, I I'm loving seeing a lot of this new ice cream stuff come back with the, the throwbacks to some of the classics that you know we remember from when you know the first kind of few seasons. Yep. Also incorporating some of the new new designs as well. It is a bit of a I guess a contentious issue amongst a lot of the I think the old older fans out there and the collectors. I think this is probably a perfect time uh, to segue into uh, into the newer stuff. Huh? <laughs> you do my job better than I do. Yeah. Well, it's just, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's interesting because, um, you know, I started, you know, obviously that, that conversation has been going on forever for people from me like you. You know, I'd love to have the old stuff back. Whoop-de-whoop. Um, oh, this this sucks. They did this. This doesn't look like that. Yeah, you know all of those, 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 um, those peaks and lows of like you know that a pivotal point in a brand where you would like to see it again. So, I start I started working with Reebok in um, this was um, beginning of the year, and some at some point during that time period, um, some of the folks at Reebok um, had mentioned to me that they had some stuff going on with the original the original DNA. And, um, you know, I had, you know, but each person I spoke to or that had brought it up to me was like a different understanding. You know what I mean? So like one person would say it was one thing. Another person would say it was another thing. They were probably all right. I was probably um, translating it wrong. But so when it came down to it, the first thing that I had heard was the Iverson idea, um, not necessarily the boutiques, which... To me, that was really, really cool because I was like, "What? Well, never in my last day would I ever imagined um, these two worlds being being put together." Um, so, and then when I did see the 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 original mock-ups, um, like the the ice cream guy being in the hologram part of the five, and um, the ice cream man with the braids and and the headband. For me personally, I thought it was was genius. Um, I thought it was was super cool, and the fact that it was that 
that board flip colorway I thought was really unique, you know, and that, but then there was also a card part of the conversation from some of these individuals was the, you know, like you said, the original, the prints, the diamonds and dollar signs, um, which once it all played out, then you saw them on different silhouettes. So, so I kind of, I, I understood where the, you know, your, your purest BBC and ice cream supporter, um, if there was, you know, let down just because we have in our mind made up what we what we'd like to see, and then when we get it, it's like a different interpretation of it. Um, but I, at least for me, I thought it was all was all really unique. The yellow, you know, the lemonade colorway on um, God, what's the name of that silhouette? The BX. Hold on, let me look it up right now. I'm awful with the specific names as well. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Um, but I thought it was cool how they did touch on these different colorways and, and just different stories. So it kind of took you, you know, when I looked at it, it took me kind of down this nostalgic road of like different, um, yeah, the BB, the BB four, BB 4,600. Um, it just took me down like a different lane. You know what I mean? Like it down a different, like through my, my own mentors, like the, the board flip colorway on the Iverson, the lemonade, then you took the some of the boutique and put it on the um high top um you know so it, you know it just it just it, it gave me a good feeling um you know and then the 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 runners um you know with the the constellation print and the um and the other one you know it's funny those other two prints don't hit home with me the one that on the, the I really like the shoe um but I think maybe those two prints were during the later times in the brands and you know it doesn't resonate with me the same way that um some of the other stuff did it's really weird because when i saw some of the the mock-ups maybe a year ago or something now and i saw the starfield one the the darker blue one that's why uh-huh. i'm a sucker for anything that's got that starfield print on it so that i was that's like right. actually I, I don't mind that and then they obviously yeah. had the space camo one the the greener version yeah which yeah. Uh, I'm kind of a fan of that print as well. So those I kind of quite like. I mean, when I see them, they're, they're, they're authentically and, and, and part of the, like the real DNA of, of ice cream and BBC. And I think they're cool. Like, like I'm looking at, I have the shoes in my house and, and I've obviously worn the, um, the one with the, the green out. So I haven't worn the, um, the start, um, Starfield one yet. But when I look at them now in person, it's like, I think they're they're it's a pretty. I mean, I like I like the um the zig as is as a regular shoe, um, you know. But you know, I just ha- I kind of had to see it in person to um you know and kind of see it on foot too. I think yeah. maybe the the biggest shortcoming and just how they were presented was maybe just like I think had they shown them on foot, it would have um you know just the narrative you know from like that OG fan would have been would would be a little bit different you know uh, maybe i'm wrong you know maybe i'm just i'm speaking as a 37 year old dude who this is all very special to me and um you know but, but that's the thing i you know I'm, I'm 37 i'm an old fan as well and i, I kind of see it slightly differently as well um because you know, i sort of speak to a lot of these kind of collectors on a well almost on mm-hmm. a daily basis and i think one thing that the problem is the problem we have every every, every year every six months whatever it is whenever there's, a, whenever there's a drop when there's a brand that's kind of iconic in streetwear such as this and in footwear and stuff they're never going to be able to win 
because nah, nah. We, we we saw the teasers, which was the um yeah the OG box. I um, thought the box was inc- was incredible, yeah, which I everyone the, loves. Um, so everyone was talking about the little shoehorn with the like that with the how it came in the same packaging as the boutiques. I thought that was that was super cool. Yeah, um, and but we've got all the kind of all the fans out there kind of yeah fifty percent hyped for uh, some kind of boutique sort of uh, yeah. shoe, but then yeah a week later the same people saying you know I'll disown this brand if they ever re-release a boutique, and then you know, yeah, s- yeah. switching from you week to week and and the- uh, you know. I'd be the brand to they, say the brand, you know, the brand can, the brands can't win and yeah. the 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 fan and the supporter and the consumer isn't right but they're not wrong you know yeah uh, it, it depends who you ask out there yes yeah. because uh. you know like I'll be perfectly honest I I probably need to see them in person but from what mm. I've seen so far I'm I'm not a massive fan, um, yeah. and I've I've never been a big fan of some of those silhouettes anyway, especially the the big kind of chunky basketball silhouettes like the Iverson. Mm-hmm. But I'm a 37 year old man, and when I walk around the city, I walk around the city, going, "What the fuck are these kids wearing on their feet?" Because you know, yeah, the, fa- yeah, the yeah. fashion now yeah. is these big chunky feelers, and you know, mm-hmm. which come from the you know, the Balenciagas and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah. You know, I think there's a lot of us out there that a lot of us collectors and old fans that have to remember that we're 37. Like we might have the money to buy these things now, but they're not, they're not necessarily aimed at us. They are, they are aimed at the younger people going to the likes of complex con and spending the weekend there. And I, you know. I think what also too gets lost. Um, and maybe, you know, the majority of folks aren't, aren't privy to that information, but like, you know, who knows where the factory and the molding and the designers that had the art files, um, you know, there's a lot of parts you're, you're talking, you know, how many years are removed are we from the original production run? Lord knows where they were made at. You know what I mean? So like uh, the, if they don't have that molding anymore to make that shoe, you know, they're probably needing, it's a, it, that's an expensive investment for any company, you know what I mean? To then go back in and recreate that. And then they'll probably have to start at making 20,000 of them, you know, like those are the things that kind of get overlooked. Um, You know, whether whether it's Reebok or or an independent footwear brand, it's like. I don't think there's any any brand out there at the moment that would want to, because from conversations I've had with people there and around, they don't have those moldings anymore. So they would have to go back to scratch. And that's 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 like 70 that's probably 70 gates out the door just to get the mo you know what i mean to get that yeah. process started like and to do that and then to if you want to stay true to the boutique you'd have to do it in a real limited run which then isn't cost effective yeah. um so yeah you've got to be then pushing big numbers and it, they, yeah that's a big investment to kind of produce them themselves and yeah it's um yeah I, I think we kind of forget about all that that sort of happens in the in the background yeah. as well yeah but, uh, you know, and I, I do, you know, having spoken to um, to the design team at Reebok, um, you know, they the, those the, the men and women that were were putting this together, like I thought it was really cool. They they did all their due diligence um, in terms of the, the patterns and the colors. And, um, you know, some I saw one um, Joe had the he had the BB, but in I think 
one of the Colette colorways, the silver with the maroon. Um, you know, so they have gone. They had gone through this whole. That was a Colette colorway, right? The super bright silver one. They had the silver. Was the a, yeah, it was a busy workshop exclusive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So they they did that. They did um, the neon green with the yellow, the brown with the pink. Yeah. Um, you know, so they did kind of go through the the whole vast range of of original um, design DNA and try to figure out how to reinterpret it, which I which I thought was really cool. Um, but but like you said, man, I I I understood. Um, you know, I understood where people could get. You know, they they might not be one hundred percent with it. I will say this from being, you know, from being on the inside. And then, you know, we're now sitting here in 2019. I thought everyone at Reebok, um, I thought, I, I honestly thought they did an amazing job in, in catching that, um, you know, that, that original DNA and, and presenting it, um, you know, over the weekend and for the remainder of the product that comes out in what, February? Yeah, potentially. I believe. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's really good. That's really good to hear. Cause like from my perspective, you know, I've, I heard kind of you know, background stories over the last year, year and a half that Reebok didn't want to do it. And obviously there were issues from 15 years ago still bubbling under the surface now. But it's good to hear that like, you know, the people that that were invested in the team and that were working on them were actually mm-hmm. loyal to a lot of, you know, like you say, the DNA of the, the sneakers yeah. themselves. What was cool. And this was another thing was massive was, uh, the gentleman I was working with, John Carley, um, you know, we had got together. They had got together. They had got into town to start setting up Complex Con Thursday. You know, he, I was psyched because he got, he, you know, they, he had called me about a week prior to and asked if I could help get involved, which, uh, you know, uh, obviously accepted the invitation. Um, so he said, Friday, can we get together and shoot some stuff of you in the shoes, you know, styled however you want. And, um, immediately i called up nino who you know nino's not he nino's kind of one of these guys that exists he you know he he obviously has an instagram but he's behind the scenes yeah he he still exists offline um so table you know i i i gave him a shout and and he agreed to come out and and shoot some photos and um you know i think john was psyched um, I've got to say, those pictures were great when I saw them. I was like, that's a great kind of throwback yeah, to, yeah. to that, yeah. He's one of these guys, too, who's like, you know, I, I've been very fortunate, man, over the past, um, you know, 11, 11 or so years. Um, this this comes up, has you know, it still comes up in conversation. It's still something that people are, are very psyched on. Um, you know, and, you know, you know I, I would be wrong if um if i didn't embrace that you know you know nino's not you know he you know he's he's a bit more in the background so like you know it was cool for him to then kind of step out and at least for me to be like yo this this is the guy that put it together with pharrell and um you know it it opened many a doors you know i mean for especially for me so to be able to to you know to say to my little community like this is you know this this is actually the guy that that was really cool and then um i had actually bet you know i was going to ask him to come to complex con um but he's so not that's so not his his forte and um yeah running into pharrell saturday was was super cool and i wish nino was there I was, there was actually a couple people i wish were there it was mick who was pharrell's assistant for super long um 
you know, Philip who worked, you know, alongside Loic and, you know, I did see Loic for a moment, which was really cool. Um, so yeah, it would just been, it would have been super cool to have like, you know, a, a lot of the guys from back then, obviously, you know, some people are working for different companies now, different projects and they're all over the fucking world, but it would have been rad to kind of have everyone there for that one moment, you know, an old Star Trek ice cream reunion. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because it was, yeah, it really was a, a special thing, man. It's not, um, you know, when I look at like all of the things in fashion and pop culture and music and skating, you know, it was such a unique experience, man. And it, it changed my life, and which is why I've always, um, you know, I will, will always express my, my gratitude and and you know to rep the brand regardless of its changes or anything or whatever it, it it navigates through like it'll always be part of me and you know i'll always have have its back on on the flip side of things and that kind of segues quite nicely into what was going to be my sort of final question around the the ice cream stuff mm-hmm. what was your biggest takeaway from being on that skate team for those years and working with Obviously, the other the other guys on the team, but the likes of Nino, Pharrell, and all the kind of people around there. What was like? Was there a key takeaway? Was there a key piece of piece of advice that you still kind of go by nowadays, or anything? Man, you know, it was um, it was this was like, you know, the the coming from like a core skate community prior to. Um, you know, when, when Nino had actually first asked me, I, I, I think I had I had respectfully declined because I was coming from such a school, uh, you know, this small community that, that, you know, you're not necessarily like willing to embrace anything outside of what we knew. Um, you know, things change and I had gone, you know, was going through some different stuff. And, you know, I was like, you know what, this would be, this is actually uh, an amazing opportunity to be part of so circle back asking you know if if the invitation was still there and he said yeah absolutely without a doubt you know and then as it progressed um seeing the things that was allowing me to be part of um which were things i never, you know a kid from from narstown pennsylvania i would have never saw i would have never places i would have never been people around people i would have never been around um which also in terms of like occupational opportunities, um, you know, and, and, um, you know, like, uh, there, there definitely were like conversations, like, um, you know, I remember vividly, I was staying in Miami at the time. I went to, to go hang out with Pharrell. He was recording at the Marlin. We took a, he took a break. We were just took a walk and chatting it up and, and specifically him being like, yo, Jimmy, I don't like, you think like I'm not just gonna do Super Thug like I'm gonna do stuff with Madonna, you know what I mean? But my hip hop audience might not understand me going to to record with these other genres, and um, you know I think that's applicable for you. And I it, I, I I didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. You know what I mean? Like he was like, think about if you skated vert, you know? And I was just like, what? I I just didn't get it. You know what I mean? Until other things like um being able to to go work for Disney or be in more in different fashion communities um you know until I got a little bit older and a little bit wiser um you know just kind of understanding how valuable that you know that little piece of of information was and um 
you know, and I told him that the other day, you know what I mean? Like when, when, when we ran into each other, um, you know, not, you know, I also told him like, look, you know, it's been, he was like, damn, he, cause he had said like, yo, I seen the DC shoe you had just put out, you know, I see everything you're doing, Jimmy. And I, and I told him like straight up, this all comes from, you know, I just trying to keep the momentum going from when we closed the door and made it 08. Yeah, I gave myself a couple months to figure my shit out and, you know, just tried to press on with everything that, you know, had learned and seen and been able to be part of during that to to bring it to to where we are today. So, yeah, that was definitely probably the most vital piece of of information, you know, and and in terms of, um, yeah, just guidance and and um, yeah, just what I got, what I got the most out of it. And I think that, that's great, and it kind of um, it says a lot, not just about Pharrell, but about you know you and your work. That even all these years later, he still got his eye on you know these kind of collaborations that you're working on, and bits of clothing and footwear that you're putting out, and he can kind of you know say that to you. Yeah, it was cool. I was I was in New York last week, and I was um, or the following week, I was in an Uber and just kind of scrolling through my Instagram, and it said Pharrell. You know, it was like Pharrell would like like three or four photos. And I, for, <laughs> I, for for a glance, I thought it was just like a fan page or whatever. And then, um, and then I was like, damn, that's pretty far down the feed. Like, yeah. you know, like, you check it out. And literally, I don't think I hadn't seen him since me and my lady ran into him in Miami in 2012. Um, you know, so seven years and, you know, you never know, like maybe that was something, you know, he could have, you know, I'm cool on that move forward, you know. You know, a lot can happen to people and their and their judgment and mindset towards things in, in seven years. You know, um, you know, but to see, like, you know, when he walked into the booth, he came right up and hugged and caught up for a minute. Like, you know, every, everything was all good, and and that was super cool. You know, what I mean, and a lot of people within you know the the next couple of days, had reached out to me and were like, you know, that was just, it was just a pretty unique moment, and um, you know, for it to all be in the Reebok realm, which that was kind of where everything started for the brand was, was, was all pretty cool. Almost come full circle all these years later. Shit is weird, right? Yeah, for sure. Things, things are super weird. The, the world, the world works and the universe aligns in mysterious ways, man. So it does. And it all, it all works out eventually. Like you say, if you, um, you take that advice, you take your chances, you, you know, you work hard, you do what you got to do. You always end up in a good place again, no matter what. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. For sure. And yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember when when I when it when it came to a close and like trying to figure out what's gonna be the next thing in my life and you know like for it that was that was a that was a crazy thing to come off of. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, it was such a rad thing, but it was like super high. And then when it's gone, it's gone. You gotta, you know, you're you how do you you know? It's up to you to then figure out how do you build the momentum in whatever you're doing, you know, what work or creative. If, but then you, if, you certainly did, you, you, you kind of pivoted and went into you know, TV work, essentially, as you mentioned a minute ago, you know, working for Disney. That was, yeah, yeah, that was, and that literally we had, we were, we had a TV deal with um, MTV for a show for ice cream, um, shot the pilot, um, but it was through Dick House. Dick House did, um, you know, Jackass and, and Rob Show. Yeah, Jeff, yeah. you know, and I've known Jeff from 
from Big Brother days. And um, Jeff had, you know, Jeff was just like, yo, there, my, I have some friends that are working on the TV show. Jimmy, can you go meet them? And sure enough, you know, a, a little uh, coffee on like a Sunday morning turns into three years worth of work for a massive television network. So, yeah, that's never, never say no to any meeting, man. Because mm. honestly, as goofy as it might sound, you never know what could come out of it, you know. And was that three years of good work that you enjoyed? Oh, it was incredible. Yeah, it was amazing. It wasn't, um, you know, the people that I hadn't met um, working for it were, were amazing. The experience and education I got out of it was, was amazing. Um, it was during, you know, when, when the U.S. economy was in a really bad, bad place. So I was able, it was, you know, it was a time where I was able to put a lot of bread in people's pocket. And that, you know, that was always a good feeling. Um, not money that the money's not obviously not everything, but you know, to be able to help people live a little bit more comfortable is, is a good feeling. So, um, yeah, put money in the skate shop that was, that was close by and, you know, it's definitely like a very unique experience and I don't think, how do you replicate that? You know, like, cause it was, yeah, it was, it was definitely one of a kind, but, um, but a rad experience nonetheless. And then when you when that um, that project finished, did you continue to look at that industry, or is that when you kind of decided right nah, okay, now, now I'll start going into the nah yeah there was the there, it was it was honestly I knew that there was nothing like it out there, and there probably would be nothing like it ever again. And um, that yeah, we wrapped in May. And um, of 2011, and I found out within a couple of weeks I was having my daughter. So it was just life. Uh, yeah, I knew life was then on. A, it had a different focus right then and there. That's when shit changes for sure. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I know the feeling. Yeah. Uh, but shit, I think uh, yeah, this was a this was a rad a rad chat. See, I know uh, you know you obviously followed the course of everything over the years and and um as have i you know in and out and um yeah it just seems like this was a good a good moment for the brand um you know through and through you know i know i talked to some of the bbc people um they were psyched the reebok people were psyched and i think just you know i think to me when i look at it it's like this was yeah this was a a, a moment maybe even the brand you know needed for a long time so yeah, definitely. I think I think the ice cream side of things definitely needed something. Um, I I wouldn't have maybe said it was it was this, but then I like to be proved wrong. And yeah, you know, yeah. I, I you know I've I've spoken to some of the BBC guys as well, and you know they they said obviously all the sneakers sold out. They had a lot of interest. We're hopefully going to see uh, some more work dropping, like you said, maybe early next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see what they do going forward with the brand, with the collaborations, because, you know, ice cream's turning into, when I look at the US side of things, at least, ice cream is doing the more interesting stuff as opposed to the, the BBC side. You know, you look at mm. the, the stuff Matthew did with uh, the Made in Italy stuff uh, a couple yeah. of years back now, which I personally actually quite like, despite all the people out there that complained about it. Um, and then, you know, the more, Palm, more, Palm more, Angels more, collaboration. More complaints, right? Was it sorry? I said more complaints, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. As soon as it dropped, everyone was like, "This isn't a boutique, and this isn't this, and this." Yeah, and it's. And I had the chat with Matthew, you know, and we had to actually we, we had to pull the 
the interview down uh, in the end. So a few people heard it. Um, but hopefully we'll have him on again soon because I know he's working on lots of stuff as well. And yeah, he was involved in the recent Palm Angels collaboration, which yeah. surprisingly, you know, Pharrell showed up for and, you know, repped a little bit as well, which was a, a real big surprise to everybody, I think. Yeah. Um, so it's good to see Ice Cream kind of back on the map, doing some new and interesting stuff. You know, we might not, all of us old heads might not like all of it. But we got no, yeah. it's it's not for us all the time. No, yeah, thing, and it's yeah, just good to see involved, it doing yeah. well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, man, because I still uh, like the segmentation of the brands to me is like I don't. I think maybe day one in my mind I threw it out. You know what I mean, they're still just like it's still just like one thing. You yeah. know, like. Um, but obviously, there it's it's very it's very different between BBC and Ice Cream and um, yeah, yeah. I always, it's funny, I, I some, somehow, some way, the world, the world aligned where like, um, you know, Ross and the guys from the EU team, you know, I talk to Mims a lot, uh, but Ross is, Ross has like become like a massive family friend. So it's like, I'm always, I see you guys hanging out quite a lot whenever he's over there and stuff. And that's really, yeah. great, really great to see. I've got a lot of time for Ross. He's helped me out a, a lot in the past with, you know, getting hold of bits and pieces. So, yeah, shout yeah. out to Ross and to Joe and everyone else at EU. Yeah, really. Ross is Ross is amazing, man. Like, Ross is, is, is such, an, uh, such a good designer, um, you know, a very good technical designer, a very good just overall um, in terms of brand management, um, creative outlook and vision and follow through um so it, it's funny man whenever I'm, I'm over there and i and and i get to see the line plans and 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 look through the stuff at the showroom it's always very energizing to me it's always like you know i i sometimes i forget the thing when i see the collections that he puts together sometimes i forget the brand has ever had any hiccups because i'm like when i you know it's, it's a massive showroom with like a full outerwear section a full denim section it's all merged color-wise. The print stories are all cohesive. And, uh, yeah, sometimes I trip, man. I'm always like, well, where, what, what's the fucking problem? You know what I mean? Like, where, where, like when, what do you mean there, was, there has ever been ever any hiccup in, in any of the business side? Because they do such, you know, he does such a good job of, um, of what he curates. So, yeah, Ross is the fucking man. Craig's the man. But Ross, and just in terms of, like, uh, family ties, man, he's definitely, like, our... Um, He's our extended uh, UK brother, so you need to give him that little nudge and get him on here because I know he's promised. Well, not promised, but he's uh, tentatively said he might at some point. So he's such a he, him too, man. These guys are they're so shy and they're so talented, and and the world just wants to get a glimpse of uh, of, of the things that are going on in their minds. So yeah, it's just hopefully it takes somebody like me to just give him a little shove to to put him out there yeah definitely now 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 we've name dropped him i'll uh i'll message him later and tell him he has to yeah he don't have any any no option <laughs> now but to do so so but All right, yeah. man. um i don't want to keep you too much longer let's just very very quickly touch on um the million and one things you you constantly seem to be working on mm -hmm. um you're a, a master of many trades you know jsp and no one and the different collaborations yep. you're doing Here's a, here's a question for you. If you had yep. to um, give yourself a single job title that covers uh -huh. the, the range of things that you, you work on at the moment, what would that be? Uh, it would be a utility. I'd be like the utility guy. <laughs> okay. Like, 
if you, you know, I can help in in all the different departments, man. <laughs> you know, and, and honestly, that that's something I've absorbed from the beginning. Like when when I said like I used to go visit the the skate companies I worked for, you know, I would I would roam around. The first company I skated for was called Aesthetics, and I would go sit with the salespeople and sit with the designers, and hang out in the warehouse and you know just kind of see what everyone was doing and and it it didn't take very much for me to put it all together you know not not that I'm a, I'm not a designer to say it the least like I know I know what I like and I I'm able to find people that are help me that are able to help me bring those ideas to light um but in terms of understanding the significance and role that each person plays within a a brand you know what I mean like you know, for the most part, a lot of these companies, you know, they might have a, a face to it or a name, but there's a team of people that do significant things to help the the bigger picture of it. And, um, you know, that's just something I had always absorbed and just carried with me. You know, like if I do the things that I'm, I can manage within and then, you know, obviously I can't cut sweatpants. I can't, you know, grade patterns. Um, you know, I've got a young lady here that fulfills each and every order and is incredible at customer service um so it's also just understanding the to find the right people to put into place and in, in all of these positions that are very necessary so but that's what i like about the stuff that you do it's you, as i mentioned you do a lot of stuff or you seem to do a lot of stuff but you're not just being involved in stuff for the sake of being involved and just throwing shit out there you can see that you know, you've done your homework whether you're putting out um, a basic looking tee, which is mm-hmm. just a basic tee, or whether you're putting out a pair of you know tie dye sweatpants and a hoodie, yep. or you're making a you know bespoke pair of sneakers for somebody. Yeah, you, know, you can see that you've you've done the homework in every aspect, and like you yeah. say, yeah, you know, a lot of that comes down to pulling in the right people. But that's how any kind of successful business and business person works. So that's kind of it's r- really great to see you doing that. Thank you so much. I, I will say, I mean, I've, I've been very fortunate and very blessed and I'm very thankful um, to have been able to work for brands that, um, you know, it's not just a job. I'm not just showing up for the sake of a, of a paycheck. It's all things that that I wear and that I like and that I'm into. And um, and that I think that that alone makes every makes your day you know, you've got a leg up on, on, on a lot of the people that, you know, they might just be showing up to design for a company they don't really like, or, um, you know, ask the market some shit that's like, you know, they, they probably don't fuck with. Um, so, you know, I've been, I've been lucky, man. So I know, and I know it's, you know, the shit could, you know, I, I, and I have had times where I've had to go do some shit where it's just a check and it doesn't feel good. And I never want to be in that position ever again so it's just you know like let me do what i can do in the meantime to to assure that that's you know i i'm able to wake up and look forward to wherever i have to go definitely what are the various things you're kind of working on at the moment get get your plugs in there now oh man just right yeah just really um jsp and standard issue which are all under the same facility under the same roof same teams help help put both i you know make both both ideas a reality, um, same e-com so that, you know, that's, that's, this has been my, um, it's weird, man. I, uh, was introduced to the gentleman that has overseen the operation in 2013 and we worked together for a couple of years and then stopped working together for a couple of years and then reconnected in mid to late 2017. And 
and obviously and honestly it feels like i never never left man because we just kind of i think both of ours um strengths kind of complement one another and uh and yeah we're, we're lucky to have a, a really good crew of people that that are all employed um under this roof that you know all work together well so just a good vibe a good good energy in the building it's definitely one of the most important things especially yeah, in a yeah. creative kind of uh space as well yeah yeah we don't try to and i don't think anyone tries to do too much or they don't do too little i think we we understand what our where our roof is at and our cap is at and just try to figure out how we can be the the best of each of us within you know what we have and just to continue to grow from there and have you got anything specific that you you're working on now that we'll see coming out soon any specific pieces or collaborations that might be in the works or anything we uh man you know we just wrapped up this dc project with josh kalis which was which was amazing and uh another one of these things that um was was something that went back to my childhood and to be able you know a for the fact that josh is still going as strong as he is and and the prod the product demanded this this retro um release and you know to be able to help bring that to, to light was was an honor um, you know, we just, for the remainder of the year, we just have a handful of like inline things that we worked on and, and, um, we got some cool things for, for 2020 though. So, you know, looking forward to it. The end of this year is going to creep up quick. It'll get quiet. And, um, <laughs> you know, hopefully well, after new year's, we'll be able to, to keep building on everything that we, you know, we're fortunate to do. Um, yeah, 2019. So, and just to kind of round that off and, and close up here. Out of all the stuff you've worked on, so the skate team, all the various skating things around that as well, the the TV work, the fashion and footwear you're doing at the moment, is there a specific piece or a specific collaboration that you're most proud of? Um, that I'm most proud of. God, man, there's there's a, you know, there's definitely a lot that um, you know, have been you know, to be able to do the Reebok thing in June was amazing. Um, you know, uh, I mean, one, one thing that it will always kind of stand out was, um, working with no one, um, and being able to do Markel Fultz's, um, shoe for the draft. That was such a unique thing. Um, you know, um, being able, uh, we did a collection with Lapstone and Hammer in Philadelphia, which is a really, really beautiful boutique. has an has an amazing um, owner um, named Brian Nadav, and um, you know, sitting there and seeing Brian sending me photos of Ben Simmons wearing the stuff, um, and being able to go back there and just uh, so many of my like friends and family and skaters that people that still inspired me to this day, uh, you know, coming out for like the release party was, was you know milestone for me um but yeah they all i guess they all kind of you know they all served their their own you know particular significance in my life and i think all of it man it's all you know just just really lucky to be able to do any of this you know it's like we could have like you know i have friends that are fucking union welders and painters and and those guys have real tough jobs and and are up and the elements doing real hard shit and they're like yo jimmy don't take any of this shit for granted you could be up here with this fucking harness on yeah in 30 you know what i mean in 30 degree weather so 
you know, I just try to just enjoy it and, um, you know, hopefully shit that my daughter is psyched on and, and there are things that she can, can look at too, maybe now or maybe in 10, 20 years and, and be proud of. Um, but yeah, just, they all kind of, they all kind of hit home for me. And I'm sure there's many more to come as well in the coming months and years and decades and everything so, else. Yeah. 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 Just try to build on, you know, as we're like, we're, you know, as we're like midway through one project, we're always focusing on the next, you know, three or four. So you just kind of build off of the, trying to enjoy and appreciate what we got at the moment and at the same time, understand what we have to do in the future. So. All right. Well, I think we'll wrap it up there. I don't want to keep you too long. Um, Thank you. We've already run really, really long. Um, so, yeah, we'll call it a day there. Where can people find you online if they want to um, follow you and see what you're up to and stuff like that? Oh, man. In the same place the rest of the world is that on Instagram. <laughs> I just, just Jimmy Gorecki and um, JSP and Standard Issue Tees. Nice one. I'll, I'll put links in the show notes to, to yourself and all of the, sure. the various brands and stuff like that. And we'll make sure that's covered. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Steve. I appreciate you having me. I know it's late there. I'll let you get some sleep and get the heater on because it's freezing. <laughs> it is that. It is late and it is cold. But no, thank you, Jimmy, man. Really appreciate it. Like I say, a lot of people have been asking me to try and get you on here for for quite some time and I know we've had messages back and forth for quite a while but we got there eventually um, yeah. and yeah it was great to hear from you and great to kind of hear these stories direct from you as well direct from the horse's mouth as it were thank you so much I appreciate it and I you know I do hope man I, I like I said man the original you know we all come from that original um graduation class of of ice cream at BBC and I, I like I said man, I will this was the closest um, that I've ever seen and, and being there felt to that, that early aura of, of the brand. So I do hope, um, you know, people are able to see what I saw and felt. And yeah, so come February when the stuff releases to the, the Iverson is my favorite, man. Right. So we'll leave it at that. I need, yeah, I need to take a closer look at all of this and yeah, try and see some in person perhaps and get my head around some of it. But but no, it's yeah, really yeah. really great to hear. And like I say, thank sure. you so much for like sharing all this with us, man. We really appreciate it. You got it, Steve. Enjoy your night, all right? Thank you, man. Take it easy. Go. Hey, everyone. So that was my chat with Jimmy Gorecki from, well, originally from the Ice Cream Skate Team. You can follow him on Instagram at Jimmy Gorecki, and I'll put links in the show notes to that and all of his other places where you can see what he's up to. As this podcast has gone quite long, um, there is a lot of other news to get through, but I think we'll leave that to the next show. Um, just very quickly, the kind of last few months, we've had some stuff such as the ice cream, ice cream, ice cream Swarovski items, which were re-released uh, from Japan. We've had, as we mentioned earlier, the Palm Angels ice cream collaboration. We've had the Adidas Hue Now Is Her Time pack and the Proud NMDs. We've had the Human Made Human Race collaboration. We've seen sneak peeks of the Adidas 4D model, uh, which Pharrell is supposedly working on. Pharrell has released a, a Saki Storm Cowboy with Nego. He's won the X Prize for 2019. Um, there was also 
the recent Rick Rubin GQ interview, which I think we'll touch upon a bit more uh, in a future podcast episode, as well as a new uh, promotional campaign for Beats Solo Headphones, um, where a number of matte color finishes, which Pharrell is promoting. And also the new Kanye album and a Clips reunion on one of the tracks. Again, I think we'll touch upon that a little bit more in a coming episode. Uh, stuff to look forward to. Well, one thing that's just gone, as we mentioned, ComplexCon for this year. Again, some more information coming out of that um, in the near future. Something in the water for 2020 has been announced uh, from this time the 20th to the 26th of April. So a week-long festival uh, in Virginia Beach this time. And we also saw the reissue of In Search Of. We saw the reissue and then we quickly saw the cancellation from Universal Records. My pre-order was cancelled, I think, four or five weeks before it was due to ship. I think it was meant to ship at the end of November or start of December. And it was cancelled a few weeks ago. That's been cancelled. From what I hear from people, they are actually looking at maybe reworking this and tying it into the 20th anniversary, which is not too far away. But aside from that, uh, it looks like Polydor, who were, I believe, the UK distributor for Universal, are looking at doing their own reissue. So we may see a Polydor version coming out at some point soon. But if and when that happens, we'll probably mention it on the podcast or we'll post something on Instagram. So keep your eyes peeled. Other than that, you can check out a recent interview with myself for 5pm magazine, a magazine and kind of pop-up store that we have here in Finland. I'll post a link to that in the show notes where I talk about um, getting into the Neptunes, NERD, collecting BBC ice cream and all these kinds of things. And also we are doing a Something in the Water giveaway where you can win t-shirts from last year's Something in the Water Festival. You can head over to uh, the Facebook page to get details. I will hopefully try and post details on Instagram in the coming days once I get this podcast edited. So you will hopefully have seen something by the time you listen to this. But if not, head over to the um, Others Podcast Facebook page to check out the details of how you can win there. But in the meantime, I will leave it there. Um, We will hopefully be back soon. I will not leave it months and months until the next podcast. We will hopefully be back in a week or two with another guest uh, to talk about all the news from the summer and uh, a new track, hopefully, or an old track, but a new one to talk about. And bring you all the latest news and information and things that are going on in the world of the Neptunes, NERD, BBC Ice Cream and all of that stuff. But until then, that is it from me. You can find me at Steve R. Penny on Instagram and Twitter and all those places. Uh, You can find the podcast at Others Podcast on Instagram. Uh, And if you want to check out the website and all of the old podcast episodes and show notes and all that kind of stuff head over to the others.net others with a z and until next time goodbye Uh